Take the CA wherever you go. Download the Commercial Appeal app on your smartphone or tablet and get push alerts when breaking news happens. It's a free download for your iPhone and iPad in the Apple App Store and in the Google Play Store for your Android device. This is the Grizzlies Podcast with Grizzlies beat reporter Ron Tillery, columnist Jeff Calkins, and pick and pop columnist Chris Harrington. I am the only beat writer the Memphis Grizzlies have ever known. Ron Tillery here with you alongside columnist Jeff Calkins. And in for Chris Harrington is our numbers game analyst, Peter Edmiston of Sports 56, a commercial appeal contributor. Um, we are in the commercial appeal studio. Does this studio have a name? Well, we'll, we'll call it the Go Cubs Ghost <laughs> Studios from the commercial right. appeal. Uh <laughs> Well, we're three three games into the preseason, and the uh, the big big story is Zach Randolph or Threebo is what they call him. Uh, Zach uh, letting it fly, fly from three point range in a preseason win over uh, the Seventy Sixers um, Tuesday night in FedEx Forum. He made four of six three pointers, but the, the the real story with him, Jeff, is movement to the bench. Right. So, what, what do we make of it so far? I think, uh, I mean, I think it's a natural, it makes sense given the lineup, um, particularly if Chandler Parsons is healthy. It makes sense given the lineup. Um, it just, efficient touches for Zebo where he's going to be the focus of the off. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world. It was always going to be, we, we've looked at this constant tug as to whether you can play a different way when you have the same lineup right. and you can't you can't play fast with that lineup and so Jaeger would come in and try it and whatever right. and David Fisdale said if we're going to play differently we have to have different you know different collection of players out there in order to to help to make that happen and then furthermore because there's no scorers on the second unit it just makes it easy it makes it sort of obvious that that is where Zebo should play still some interesting questions as to to how it will play out when things go badly in fact one of the things that i'm just interested in generally is because of the love affair which i really do think is just incredible enthusiasm down there mm-hmm. for david fisdale when things go badly how, what will that look like under this regime? I'm interested in that. I'm interested in it from the Zach Randolph perspective too. But right now, I mean, I, I think it has the advantage of being absolutely logical and irrefutable sort of from a logical perspective. So, And it's nice to see that Zebo was embracing it, certainly as he was last night. Yeah. I think that um, you're seeing like um, it's it's new. It's a, it's a fresh thing. And David Fisdale has come in with uh, such a new approach. Um, that it's 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 eye opening in many respects because it's, it's it's so honest and straightforward and there's no uh, as far as anyone can tell there's no ulterior motive or anything else it's just like right down the middle like here's I'm gonna he's coming with the crazy idea of I'm going to try to ask the team to play faster I'm going to put certain criteria up then I'm going to change the team to reflect the criteria that I have set out which is an interesting decision to make and the the proper one to make. But not only that, I'm going to actually do it straightforward, and I'm going to do it at the very beginning of the season. I'm going to come out and I'm going to ask Zach Randolph to go to the bench. Not so much ask as tell him. And I'm going to tell him that, and I'm going to say, I don't think you're a starter. I don't think you're going to be paid as a starter. I, I love you. Great guy. But I don't think you, I think he, father time has caught up with you. That's all in the first week of preseason. That's a lot. And he's done it, and thus far at least, not only has there been no pushback, but it seems as though... Zach, to to some extent, has has embraced 
that opportunity. I don't think he's thrilled necessarily about going to the bench, but I, I think he is energized in a way that we saw David Fisdale and Eric Spolstra in, in that Heat team work with some of their veterans in asking them to do things that are out of their comfort zone. I thought last night, uh, Ron and Jeff, I, I was particularly interested in what Fisdale is asking them to do defensively because he wants, you know, he said, and I asked him about their, their pick and roll coverages, and he said, at some point we're going to have to get Zach and Mark to switch onto guards. They have to do that. Now, in on on your life and this beautiful planet of ours, could you ever imagine Zach Randolph having to switch off Steph Curry right. or anybody right. else? But it's it's not so much that, that it's it's like the strategic number one thing to do. I think it's a challenge. He is trying to energize these players. He wants to energize veterans and, and get them out of their comfort zone, shake them up. In, in a new way, and I think you're seeing enthusiasm from Mark, you're seeing enthusiasm from Zach, you're seeing enthusiasm from Mike that we haven't seen in a long time. Well, uh, that's what gives David Fisdale the credibility when you brought up the heat because he has coached on championship teams. He has worked with not just veteran players that make them better, but he's worked with superstars. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you take that into account and the fact that Zach's known Fizz since he was 19 years old um, – this isn't an ordinary assist, assistant get, getting a first-time head coaching job. And there is a defensive component to it because, as you mentioned, you know, Chandler Parsons is going to be out there, and he's not exactly a stopper. Right. So, you know, and Zebo, while he's a little inspired, he's, he's not exactly been a great defender. So that's the other part of the move. Yeah. What yeah. does happen, Ron? I'm curious because you know this team better and the relationships better than, than I do. Um, I, I truly – I've said this before – I don't think I've ever seen a new coach generate as much enthusiasm and not just puffery enthusiasm. They like the fact that he does what he says. They like, as you mentioned, his credibility and his pedigree. They like the way that he relates to them because partly of where he comes from and the, right. and the, and the life that he's led. They like the straightforward – like none of this is fake or uh, it's all real. I'm convinced yeah. it's all great. And yet inevitably – Tony's not going to be running the point. Mark and and, yeah. and Zebo aren't going to be getting four three pointers. It's shooting, hitting four three point. Like there will be bad moments. Is there going to be a Mike? We were hoping for Christmas, and it's not Christmas. I mean, what happens if they are sick? They have the advantage of a soft early schedule too, which helps. But what happens if they're six and seven after thirteen games or something? Is there going to be a come down from this? incredible level of enthusiasm. I don't think so because, um, you know, as Peter talked about, Fizz is such a straight shooter and they still have the core four leading this team. And we got to remember the Grizzlies, you know, came up, so to speak, with a guy like this. You know, Lionel was straight shooter, maybe a little bit more abrasive, but, but, you know, he was holding everybody accountable. That's Fizzdale. He's shooting straight and telling them, what he's wants, what he wants them to do, and why? That's Fisdale. So they've been under that dynamic and that culture um, as they built this winning team. And I think, well, I know that wasn't Jaeger's personality, so a lot of that slipped. Right. And I, th- I think part of the enthusiasm is they're back to the the culture that they were accustomed to, that they're used to, and it can, with, and it will withstand those it, hard it, moments. Well, listen, it it's like any, it's it like will. a relationship. I mean, it's yeah. like you think of it like a. Um, a marriage or a, you know some kind of a, a, a situation where you know everyone gets into it with the best of intentions and then things happen and, and you know such is life. I mean everything comes up. There are always outside forces that that, that interfere in friendships and marriages, whatever it may be. 
But if both parties try their best to come at it with a straightforward approach and are honest about the goods and the bads, and thus far I think that's been the case, I think you're, you're naturally going to see the level of enthusiasm drop. That's just inevitable, just like it is in any relationship. You're not the same, you know, if you've been married for 20 years, it's not the same as it was when you were newlyweds. It just isn't. But that love can grow and be different the way that it was. Like, you look at the Spurs, for example, and I'm not saying that, like, you know, Fisdale's Popovich or anything like that, but he's been there forever. And yet he hasn't worn out the way that a lot of other coaches have. Why? Because right. he's always straightforward with right. the way he treats players, with respect, what he asks them. He's also had them. just phenomenal success, though. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, same thing. Like, in a way, Fizdale's openness, the way he relates, in some ways reminds me of what you read about with Steve Kerr and just his decency yeah. and trust and all of that thing. How, How would Steve Kerr work in... Sacramento, you know, right. like, or any of them. Well, like, it's, a chicken, it's a chicken and egg thing. But, you know? but, but yeah. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't discount the maturity of this team. I mean, um, as Fizz even pointed out, you know, he doesn't have a, a thirty-eight. I mean, I'm sorry, a twenty-eight-year-old Zach Randolph. Zach's thirty-five. Right. You know, Zach's. You know, Mike. Mike's twenty-nine. You know, right. Mark's thirty-one. So um, we're well, not talking about you know a young team that, that uh, that's just gonna. You know, right. Well, go back and look. Go at, off the rails. They're, they're not, not all trying to get theirs at no, this point. Right. They're, they're they're trying to get theirs collectively. They, they understand but, what it what it takes to win. I'm right. sure you. And I know you guys were both down there. If you remember, four years ago, I guess it was the first year of the Big Three in Miami and under Eric Spolstra, and when he was you know cutting his teeth as their coach, and there was all this talk about Pat Riley and what was going to happen up there, and whether LeBron was going to be coachable or Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh, and, and Fisdale was part of that group. They were 9-8, and eight, and that eighth loss came in FedEx Forum on a Rudy Gay you know, fadeaway right. buzzer beater. And I remember being at the press conference afterwards, and everyone was, you know, the sky was falling and all of this. They stayed the course, they calmed down, they took a deep breath, they relaxed, and they end up in the NBA Finals that year. They won two titles out of four years, four finals appearances. Everything worked out just fine. That's a much more talented team, but the point is that early travails don't have to define what your season is as long as you are honest and straightforward about what it is you expect and what it is from a long-term perspective you expect. I don't think Fisdale changing the role of Zach Randolph expects it's going to instantly come to fruition or, or Mark Gasol. I talked to Mark last night about that and he said, you know, this is a process. It's weird not being on the court with Zach. It's weird. It's strange. Yeah. But it's a process and it's something that's going to take a long time to, to kind of mature. should point out that Fisdale said last night that there will not be a game that he coaches if Zach and Mark are both healthy. There will not be a game he coaches when they are not on the court together. He does expect that at some point, every game, they will be on the court together, which is, you know, I think, I mean, honestly, end of game, Zach want, will want to be out there. Oh, I, I fully expect Zach to be out there at the end of yeah. games. I mean, because, I mean, the bottom line is he's still very much a gamer. You can throw the ball to him on a block and either get a basket or, or some foul shots and, you know, just makes all the sense in the world. I mean, he's not done. Uh, no, he's just not play, at all. he's just right. playing a different role. What's it, it do to Brandon Wright, by the way? What is uh, I'm, I'm interested in some of the the ripples from this. Um, what does it do to Brandon Wright? Oh, I don't think it, it affects negatively affects him. I mean, I think Brandon has to stay healthy and and be the high flying rim protector that they brought him here for. I mean, uh, we we still haven't seen right. what Brandon Wright can do, and he has the skill set that the Grizzlies need uh, because it's going to be a while before Deontay Davis plays a significant role, uh, but. Uh, you know, he, Brandon is is one of your counted on bigs, right? You know, next to Zach. Well, Brandon Wright's talked about the that he and Zach are trying to develop a little bit of chemistry on that second unit, mm-hmm. the way that Michael Green and, and Marcus Saul are trying to develop on the, on that first unit. I think the ripple effect, though, it may it's not Jarrell. be as much for Brandon as it might be for Jarrell or for Deontay Davis yeah. or whoever else. Yeah. There, there's that one extra big right. back a big spot that you thought was there that now may not be there, which may 
lead to a trade. Potentially the Grizzlies are short a wing and they have an extra big. That may be something that you look at as the trade deadline approaches. The problem is around the league, a lot of teams have that. There, there's a lot of teams that, that seem to have that extra big. As the league gets smaller, there's not nearly enough versatile wings and there's far too many bigs who aren't specialized. So the market will the market allow the Grizzlies to make an impact move there? I'm, I'm not so sure that it will, but that, that's got to be something that they would consider because I can't imagine that all these guys that you've got are all going to be able to make uh, an impact that's that's commensurate with the salary or with the role that they're expected to make. Well, we uh, we talked a lot about Zach, but uh, Mark has been just as big a story because he's looked good. He's looked really good uh, coming back from that broken foot. Uh, I, I think he looks smooth. Yeah, I think we can talk about Mark. Uh, Zebo is a big story. Because the biggest story is, which is Mark, yeah. has been answered positively at least right. so far. Like right. it's the biggest story. It was the biggest story coming in. Right. It's the biggest story. Mark's health, the fact that, and and our orthopedist, Doctor Edmiston over here, has gone into great length. That, Chris uh, Wallace uh, is at the most foremost uh, orthopedist, foremost orthopedist in Memphis, which I appreciate very much. Uh, has has chronicled the challenges of big men coming back from this injury. I don't think anyone expected this good, this fast, this this. I mean, the fact that he's not only back, but he looks better, which is what he said at Media Day, and it's come true. Like, he's he's engaged, he's slim, he's, you know, like, there's been, that was the single biggest, the, the, the Grizzlies could have collapsed if he were done. I mean, it would right. have been the end of this. It would have been, and so to have him come back healthy and energized and looking better than ever Again, Edmiston's going to be writing it up for a paper for the New England Journal of Medicine because it seems like a medical miracle, among other things. Um, but it's also it enables you to worry about all this other stuff because it was so much the biggest worry and is so much the biggest happiest story to come out of camp. It'll be interesting to see what happens as they uh, increase his time. Like they were playing him in five minute spurts. I think he played nineteen minutes last night. That was the most. Well, the expectation is probably going to be for him to be out there thirty five or so. Uh, yeah, I mean thirty. I, I would yeah. I, maybe eventually thirty five, but yeah. he was thirty four last year. Yeah. So, so you know, I, we'll I think as, as bigs it, get older, anyway, they they tend to kind of decrease. Yeah. If if you know, I I'm having to supplement my role as the you know preeminent uh, orthopedist uh, in the area with also a uh, you know my work in psychology now. So allow me to mm-hmm. delve into a little extra psychology <laughs> as well. Uh, since we're doing this, I, I think the the biggest issue for me or the biggest change in Mark has been mentally. Um, I think it, it, there's a lot of things that have happened in his life. You know, he's had the, his body transformed from when he was a high schooler into the NBA. But even in the NBA, he was always a little bit heavy. He was always a little bit pudgy. He was never quite in, in the shape that he that he wanted to be in. Over the last couple of years, he's gotten himself into tremendous shape. He's changed his diet. You know, his wife has got him in this like raw foods thing. They're growing vegetables. He's got everything like you know down to the T in terms of the way his body is much more disciplined. Now he's got a he's got a daughter that he that has seemed to have settled down from a mental side. His raging competitive anger and the this guy is you know, Mark is a at his heart he is a really driven competitor and in the mold of like a Michael Jordan that's never satisfied with his own performance. He's been just and, and that negativity has seeped into the locker room. He's lashed out at teammates before. He's not been by his own admission a very good teammate at times because he's constantly harped on the negative stuff that his teammates have. Well, whether it's the the injury that's allowed him to look at basketball in a different perspective, whether he's healthier now because he's been off his body for six months rehabbing this foot, whether mentally having a child and having a more settled home life has allowed him to look at things in a better way. I see a Marcus Gasol that is not only fresh physically, 
But much more importantly, he looks fresh mentally. He's joking around. I heard him laugh. He and Zach and Mark were joking. Uh, he and Zach and Mike were joking in the locker room last night. I heard him laugh as harder than I've ever heard him laugh like in in years about some stuff that that you know for for Mike's birthday coming up. I just think he's he's a invigorated guy mentally more so even than physically, which to me is the best news of all for the Grizzlies because if he's engaged like this, then he's a, he is a truly difference-making player. There's no question Mark was grumpy last year. But I think the part of that, though, um, for those of us who've been around the team very closely, was that it was, he almost had this attitude like, I didn't sign him up, re-up re, re for this. Yep. Like the team yep. wasn't as disciplined. Uh, there wasn't a lot of ac- accountability. And it – it just made Mark mad every day. Yep. You know, so uh, I, I think I, I think a lot of it's Fisdale, honestly. Like yeah, I, 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 I think, I think, I think all yeah. the things that you listed are true, Peter. But mm-hmm. like all you have to do, Ron, is go contrast the end of the season press conference, which he had, where mm-hmm. again he was hurt, so that was I'm sure looming over him. Right. But when he was asked about Pow, he basically said Pow should go to San Antonio, <laughs> and the under the, the the subtext was, and I should have gone <laughs> right. to San Antonio. That's how it he came sounded off. like a guy who wanted the hell out of here. <laughs> well, he was Why asked about this crap organization right. when you go, and so I really do think among the other things I credit David Fisdale with is changing the atmosphere that has allowed Mark to feel like there's progress, and it's a professional organization where people are going to be held accountable, mm. and it's up to his. It meets his standards of what he expects of himself and what he expects of the organization. I think a lot of his mood is because of what he's seen and changes. It's, here. it's, it's culture, and, uh, oh, yeah. and and you know, it's Mark coming from uh, uh, Spain, where like you know, the coach can get on the the lead guy just as hard as he can get on the fifteenth uh, guy, and. You know that's what Mark expects, and I and I think that kind of got away from from Jaeger a little bit. Well, you remember like last year when he he, had, he scored thirty eight against the Knicks and was mad. Right, he yeah. was pissed about the way the the, the game went. It, well, it was, but, but I mean, he was, <laughs> yes. he was he was he was it was ridiculous. But his point, he was trying to make a point. We don't we weren't playing the right way. He, right. he wants he has he is very process oriented. Yeah, I think right. that what you guys say is absolutely right. He's very process oriented. That's like, why he didn't just say Powell should go to San Antonio. He detailed. Every yeah, reason right, why, right, right. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and he said in last year, you know, he said wins and losses are just a they're they're not a the be all end all. They're a signpost on the, on the longer road, mm-hmm. and they help you to kind of determine whether you're going in the right direction or not. But they're not the goal. The goal is to continue to play the right way. He's always said that. Well, I think now the that Fisdale's in charge. He has a method of playing that you know you may agree disagree, but it's much more well defined. Mm-hmm. In action and in thought than what we saw from the Grizzlies who, you know, lurched last year reactionary from, you know, playing fast to playing slow to playing with stretch four to Zebo on the bench. Now Tony's on the bench. Now they're both on the bench. Now they're back. Uh, there, there was no, even before all the injuries, there wasn't a defined method of play. Now there is. That makes Mark happy. Now, this is where Fisdale kind of loses me because uh, Dave Yeager, I always to me, thought Jeff Green was like the next coming of Scottie Pippen. Right. Like, the answer to, to everything was Jeff Green. Right. Well, you, you listen to some of these comparisons uh, from Fizz, and... Uh, he is getting a little da- wild. <laughs> yeah, J. Michael Green is, you know, Draymond Green. Right. Uh, and and uh, whenever Parsons gets on the court, he's going to use him like LeBron. Right. It's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and that does, I mean, we've talked about the happy stories. Uh, Zebo's a happy story. Mark's a happy story. Fisdale's a happy story. Chandler Parsons so far, not a happy story. Right. Um, and uh, James Ennis was been pretty good the last couple games. Yeah. He's been pretty good the last couple games. He's been games. their best preseason player. And and Jamichael Green, we, you know, a lot of people, he certainly brings energy and all of that. It'll be yeah. interesting to see if he can steal away from foul trouble. And I like the fact that he's, uh, J. Michael Green uh, is staying within himself. He, he knows he's an energy guy. Did you call him Dre Michael Green? 
I think that's his new nickname. I think you are Dre, Dre Michael, Michael Green. You know, he says, I'm, I'm not going to try to be Zach Randolph. And, and he's, he's Having said that, yeah. which is good. if you've you got a starting trying. lineup that features Tony Allen, James Ennis, and Jermichael Green, that does not strike fear in, in the hearts of, of fellow NBA competitors, does it? I mean, you— Well, Parsons has got to get healthy because, because he uh, has Ennis, to Ennis goes to the bench. Then he's, that's a perfect role right? if he gets healthy. Yeah. It is I, a it is a I, big and stays healthy. Right, right. Yeah, I I, that that's. Uh, I don't know what to think about that signing because he clearly won't be ready uh, when the season that. starts. Right. And Chris Wallace says, "Well, we signed him for the for the life of the contract," which indicates that that knee injury a was uh, a little bit more serious than anybody thought. And well, we know his, it was certainly his recovery. Right, it was uh, initially it, reported <laughs> as a cleanup of the meniscus. Turns out it was a total repair, mm-hmm. which is very similar to what Jordan Adams had done. Uh, which is oh, that's uh, promising, and, and so and that's now seconds two knee surgeries, and the truth is that Dallas backed off of him. I mean, he would have you know he was he was pals. He and Mark Cuban. I mean, you saw the 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 Instagram when he signed right. the contract initially. They were partying. Chandler Parsons was had input on personnel decisions. He was one of the guys, and Mark Cuban backed away from him and said, "Look, we'll pick up your sixty million dollar option, but that's it." Uh, and and I don't think that was what Parsons, you know, certainly ninety four million dollars versus sixteen million dollars is no that's a no brainer. But you look now at the circumstances surrounding that, and if he doesn't get healthy, and you know, there's a serious question about that. Uh, that that is that is going to be a a huge problem for the Grizzlies going forward. Huge. Yes, for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> I mean, this year and beyond. Oh, oh I, I mean, and huge. beyond. Yeah. It was a would have been a colossal mistake. He'll, he'll be the, he'll be the new Rudy Gay, I suppose. People, well, Rudy Gay played. Well, I know, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, but, but all people will talk about is his contract, right? You know, yeah. Parsons. Yeah, he'll yeah. be. Yeah, he'll be. He'll be the kind of some blend of Rudy Gay and mm-hmm. and Jordan Adams in some sort yeah. of well, toxic the contract blend of the and injury. Yeah, yes. it does. But it does. I mean, in the Grizzlies, given their history with injuries and then the overhaul of the the staff, the the training staff. I mean, it's a huge pressure point already early in the season to get him healthy and to figure out. You know, I don't. I don't know. It seems to me you you can make a case for this, um, and you know, it, it's it's somewhat specious and maybe. Um, you know, arbitrary, but you, you have to look and say, given their history, Jarrell Martin had you know injury issues before he was drafted. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen what happened with with Brandon Wright. You've seen what happened with um, you know, go back to Xavier Henry, Vince. Uh, and Vince. You know, they're they're they seem to have a an appetite or a willingness to either take a risk on players that have had some red flags or a trust in their department to be able to handle those injuries that has not been well suited, whatever it is, they they've had their flirtations with these injury prone players. And this is the biggest test of all going forward with Chandler Parsons, because, you know, stakes I, are a lot higher. It's, it's this is, this a, is absolutely first round critical. draft pick. Yeah. Oh, this is critical. If he doesn't play, they're good. They're, they, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge blow for the season. As we wrap it up, um, I think that's one of the, the one of the, that's going to be one of the early issues because the, they're all over the place in training camp with these lineups. So they still have to develop some chemistry. Um, and you can only do that when these guys get on the floor. Can I ask you two <coughs> questions real quick? Sure. Anyway, DJ Steffens makes the team, and anyway, Andrew Harrison does not make the team. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, think Harris, <laughs> I think Harrison's on the team. Um, I think the question is what do they do with Jordan Adams? Uh, because. I mean, how much do you continue to invest in them when you when you clearly start to invest in uh, other guards? I mean, Wade Baldwin's going to be uh, a combo, and Harrison is a combo. 
and uh, they've got Troy Daniels. And so, sort of. <laughs> right. He's not um, distinguished himself the, the, so far. The second best Troy on the team. Right. And I, I think one of my small takeaways out of camp is that Vince Carter can still help his team. Yeah. So I don't think he, he's going away. So um, they would have to let somebody go, and, and, and my candidate would be Jordan Adams, and I think I think I would, in that case, keep D.J. Stephens. What just would just, just what because would, of my question the is, excitement would, fact. He could be a Hadati. You know how you should just throw Hadati in the game just to kind of turn it? You can throw. G- do you want to? You want to keep a guy just to throw him? In? I mean, I I like DJ Stephens, but I, I don't see what what he does for this team unless that shooting. You know, he showed some shooting improvement in preseason. If that's real, then then yeah. that changes things a little bit. But otherwise, I just think he's he doesn't have much of a position, uh, and he's not as versatile as I, I don't I don't I don't see it. Now, I mean, I, I wish him well, and I think he'd be great. And they mm-hmm. they they signed him for a bigger than normal training camp guarantee. So you've got, you know, they want him to go to Iowa and, right. and, and keep that whole thing up. They like him, but uh, yeah, is he worth sacrificing for? I don't know. Is he better than Wayne Selton? Is he better than Troy Williams? Troy Williams, yeah. Not so sure. All right. Just killing DJ Stephen. All right. No, I'm not, I'm not. Dr. Edmiston. <laughs> I mean, multidisciplinary. No, doctor, I just think sometimes, way. you know, when, when the night's going bad and things aren't going right, you can throw a guy like that in. And uh, sure. and spark something. It's great. Make him one of the kings of the court. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's there you go. All right. <laughs> well, that's another Grizzlies podcast of the books. We'll talk to you guys soon. Like the commercial appeal on Facebook and follow on Twitter at Memphis News. This is the commercial appeal.